Walk It, Bike It, Ayrshire podcast is a creation of the Active Travel Hub Kilmarnock and Active Travel Hub Air. For those who don't know us, both hubs operate out of the train stations in their respective town centres and work to promote active travel to the general public, to workplaces and community groups. We want to make it easier for everyone to access walking and cycling and to see them as better alternatives to taking the car. Whilst we're all currently working from home, we're still here to help and you can call, email or contact us through social media and we hope you'll love our new podcast, Walk It, Bike It, Ayrshire. In this episode, we'll be talking about health walks. At the hubs, we offer various health walks. The Active Travel Hub in Air has a fortnightly health walk at 6.30pm on a Wednesday. The Active Travel Hub in Kilmanock has a weekly Monday walk at 1pm, a weekly Wednesday evening walk at 5.30pm and a fortnightly Friday walk at 1pm. To sign up to any of our walks, go to the links in the description. Enjoy this month's episode. Well, welcome to the Walk It, Bike It, Airshow podcast. This is our November 2021 episode. My name is Penilla. I am a project officer at the Active Travel Hub in Kilmanock. I'm joined by my colleague Rory from the Active Travel Hub in Air. Hello. And today we are joined by Helen Morrison from Passful and Steve Noble from South Asia Council for a little talk about health folks. So if you're not familiar with Pass for All, then Pass for All is a Scottish charity that through everyday walking aims to create a happier, healthier and greener Scotland. They work in partnership with many organisations across Scotland to promote, improve and deliver opportunities for walking. They also influence policymaking and are the facilitators for the Scottish Government's national walking strategy. And with us today from Pastoral, we have Helen Morrison, who is part of the Walking for Health team. And Helen and her team of five supporting development officers manage the Scottish Health Walk Network on behalf of the 300 plus members. And during her career, Helen was the first Health Walk coordinator in Bristol, chief exec at the Volunteer Centre Bath and Somerset and the Fourth Environment Link. And Helen enjoys her local town through volunteering with Borough Beautiful, the Rugby Club, or walking with her family and friends. So, hello, Helen. Thank you. Hello. It's great to be here. Great to have you. Um, and we also have a Steve with us. And Steve Noble is the Senior Community Officer uh, for Outdoor Sport at South Asia Council. He's worked in the outdoor sector for 23 years and he spent a lot of time overseas teaching numerous activities. And for the past nine years, he's worked with South Asia Council. And over the last four years, he's been involved in Pass for All Health Walk projects. So welcome to you, Steve, as well. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Excellent. It's nice to have you both <laughs> join us for, for this podcast. On, on health walks. Um, but yeah, before we really get going, um, I think it's really important that, that we sort of address what, what health walks are, you know, because so what, what makes a health walk different to, to any other walk? Um, if we start with you, Helen. Yeah, sure. So um, a health walk is a group walk 
that you can take in your community. It's led by a, a trained walk leader, um, and that might be a member of staff from an organization, or that might be a volunteer. Um, they're not very long. Uh, pastoral recommend an hour is the maximum for a health walk. And the great thing about the pace of a health walk is that you go at your own pace. The leader that's been trained hasn't been trained to take you up a mountain. They've been trained to consider your needs and how to make sure that you're being looked after, welcomed um, along the route. And the best bit is they're free. So um, I'm open to, to everybody. So, so they're the main key points, a group walk in your community uh, with local people. Absolutely. I was about to say, in terms of sort of for everybody as well, would you say that, you know, um, that there's a particular target group or is it just generally like there's so many different health walks that, that you just join depending on which type that would be for you, um, you'd say? Well, we're, we're aiming at people that may have um, a long term health condition. They may not have been doing activity recently, so they're looking to get started in activity. So this, the lovely thing about walking is you can build it up um, at, as I mentioned, going at your own pace. So um, we're very much about including everybody. So whether you have a mobility issue, you might come along in your wheelchair or with your wheeler, you've got a walking stick, um, you know, whatever. Um, we try to accommodate everybody. Um, and also we do, you mentioned there about different types of walks. We do have lots of different types of walks. Um, for example, we do quite a lot of bumps and buggy walks. So for new parents, and that's really taken off over, over lockdown. So you're very welcome to come if you're an expectant mother um, and you've got a little baby, um, because we know that lots of groups have closed or not been able to operate at the moment or during COVID. So um, these walks are, are highlighted on our Find a Health Walk map um, with a little buggy and, and you can come along. I mean, Buggies and babies are welcome on all walks, but we have specific walks for, for um, buggies and babies so that, you know, you're going to meet other moms and other families. Um, and that's great because that really helps you make some social connections with other parents and chat about some of the, the difficulties that you might be having. The kids get some fresh air. Everybody gets out of the house and feels a bit happier and less stressed. Um, I know it made a massive difference to me when I moved to Scotland 14 years ago with a 10 month old to meet other parents and, and get out and about. So, um, so that's one of the types of walks. We also have dementia friendly walks. So you might be caring for somebody, living with somebody um, that's got dementia and you and, and the person that has, is, is living with dementia are welcome to come along on a walk. Um, and there are dementia friendly trained walk leaders as well. So we take into consideration some of the issues that living with dementia can raise and you're welcome along on a walk. And then you can have a chat with people and you might end up chatting to other carers sharing you know some of the difficulties that you you face and also maybe just having a laugh about some of the difficulties that you face as well some of the comedy moments that can come up um and so so yeah there's there's dementia friendly and then there's just our general walks that are open to everybody um all i would say is that we don't take responsibility 
for people attending the walk-in so much as, you know, you can't drop off your kids or, or drop off somebody you're caring for. Um, however, we try to take responsibility for the fact that we make it a safe walk, we make it inclusive, we make it fun, um, and you're very welcome along. No, absolutely. I think those are just the generals of it being social, you know, quite often being able to do these sort of activities is, is at least like a draw for a lot of both sporting activities, but also just generally um, for, for being active, you know, um, the, the mental benefits and social benefits as well that, that comes along with these sorts of walks. Um, I think that's one of the, to me at least personally, I think that's one of the best bits about it, that you can have a chat and it's just different when you're chatting and, and walking along rather than it just being, you know, um, in a different environment. I think that's a really great place for it. Steve, I know yeah, that you, I, oh, sorry. No, no, I was just going to say, I think you've got a really good point there because we know that sometimes what motivates people to first come along for a health walk is that knowing that we need to get a bit more active because we've not been doing enough or we know we're not doing enough at the moment. We also know that what keeps people at health walks is the fact that we make friends when we're there, we have nice chats and it's really sociable and we make some really interesting connections and friends and pals and that's what keeps us coming along. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I mean, I could imagine as well, Steve, now you are delivering a fair few of these walks. I, I got the impression. Uh, am I right uh, in saying that? Yeah, you, you certainly are. Uh, obviously with the... Uh... With the pandemic over the last, what's been nearly a couple of years, there's been a, you know, there's been a lot of health walks, shall we say, ceased trading and stopped. And it's over the last six or seven months, really, of hard work of doing online walk leader training courses, speaking to volunteers in the past and doing a little bit of marketing and getting things set up again. That we've gone from, from zero health walks back up to 16 in South Asia. And uh, just to really echo what Helen's been saying, it's it's absolutely fantastic. You know, we're getting we're getting people who are generally inactive active, and it's costing them absolutely nothing. Uh, all they need to do is come appropriately dressed for the weather, and uh, and away they go. They're meeting friends. They're reducing social isolation. They're getting fitter. They're getting weller. Physical, social, mental well-being is improving, and we're building a community feel in all different aspects of South Asia. Uh, our aims are to have a health walk uh, within a couple of kilometres from everywhere in South Asia, and uh, we're not doing too bad at the minute. Uh, we've got a health walk up in Troon. We've got a couple of health walks in Presswick. We've got a half a dozen health walks in the air central area, a couple out in the villages, and then some south of South Asia as well. So we're currently building that, shall we say, geographical you know, theme and having something quite local to people. Uh, I do apologise about the feedback as well. Uh, I'm currently uh, in a little village called Mayball at the moment, just away from the activity centre. So if you've got any feedback, apologies for that. <laughs> so far, it doesn't seem to be too bad. Not, not on mine, at least. No, but I was about to say, I think that's really important as well, being able to have it close to you so you don't have to travel far and in a, like to be able to actually take part. Um, that that's also when it comes to actual walking routes, you know, um, so some areas as well are, are certainly um, 
possibly more suitable for it. Um, you know, I, I've noticed at least, I, I, I don't have a buggy, but, you know, even the sometimes using shared use paths because I'm cycling, and I sometimes notice, you know, certain paths, they, they're really good at lowering the curb whenever you're going in between roads. And in other parts, maybe not so much. So, so that, that is definitely something. What do you see actually going forward as well in terms of some of these paths and some of the accessibility to both joining the health walks, but even just getting out for these walks? Um, how, how do you see that going forward? Well, I, 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 I'll, I'll just jump in and, and keep talking for a while. In respect to, I, th I think in respect to my, my uh, perspective as a coordinator for South Ayrshire, then, you know, first of all, we need to make sure there's an audience for the area, which we're, we're wanting to plan on doing a health walk. And also, is it accessible and is it convenient? You know what I mean? There's no point saying, oh, it's a lovely area in Bar Village. Let's set a health walk up. And then nobody can get to it. So, you know, picking a suitable venue making sure it's accessible, making sure it's convenient, obviously making sure it's attractive. And, you know, can people get there? Is there, uh, is there public transport? Can they cycle there? You know, is, is there plenty of paths and networks where people can actually, you know, buddy up and walk to the health walk? So all these things we really do take into consideration. But uh, just to answer your question in a bit more detail, moving forwards, uh, you know, we've been we've been uh, supported by Pass for All for about four years now, and as a project, they're you know they're they're excelling as a national charity uh, in respect to all aspects of active travel. But one of the key areas is you know funding for regeneration of revent. Re I'm, I'm losing my track here. Re what's the word I'm looking for? Regeneration of the the actual path systems itself. You know, the getting from A to B. And for example, if I don't know. There was a certain area which is overgrown or a bridge needs re replacing. Then there's actually funding available for local groups to, you know, build that link, repair whatever's uh, damaged and then uh, basically, you know, just supporting people getting from A to B. So that's a really good positive thing. And I hope so over the next couple of months to uh, to apply for a bit of funding and uh, look at fixing a path from a village called Dundonald down to Troon. So, yeah. So the links are well, there and the exciting. funding is there as well, you know. Thanks, Steve, for that and giving us a big up to pass for all those. No, not at all. So that's the community paths grant that um, Steve's talking about there. And we do have um, various grants that pass for all for, for different projects. And, and like Steve says, if, if you see a path there, we can help support you in getting that path improved um, via your local community. So we've got um, engineers that um, can give you a spec and help you work out what you need to do to stop that path flooding. You know, say you've got it's gone all boggy or whatever the issue is. Um, we also have a national demonstration site where you can come and see what different gates look like and things like that. So you can improve the paths and and I think like Steve says you know the wonderful thing about a health walk is that Steve and his team of volunteers have been out and have checked out that route so if you've always wondered what's over that hill or what's around that corner or what's down that path and it is accessible then the volunteers will have been and looked they'll be thinking about things like toilets let's start at a point there like Steve said that your bus is going to drop you off you can go in somewhere, you can nip to the loo, you can all meet up. Once you're all together, you can head off. It's not going to take you up a massive incline. It's not going to take you up lots of steps. 
the volunteer that leads the walk at the start will tell you everything at the start and say, this is what we're going to come across because they will have checked the route out beforehand. And if you don't think you can manage that, those volunteers are perfectly happy for you to have a little chat with them and they'll have other routes in mind. They'll know how to manage that group with, well, we can miss out that step there. We can go a different route. We can cut it short today. Most of the walks have two volunteers on them as well, one at the front and one at the back. Now, it sounds funny, but a walk leader at the back is the most important because they'll look after you. We're never going to leave anybody behind. We're always going to make sure you all get back. And pre-COVID, a standard health walk would always include having a sit and a cup of tea or a bit of refreshment at the end to gather your breath before you head off you know, and go into town or go and do your messages, whatever you're doing. So, um, and that's building back up slowly. And that that builds on that, that social element that we talked about before. So, so yeah, it's a very reassuring way to explore your areas and find new routes and new paths and in a supported way, because you've got somebody that's trained that's with you, that's checked out your route. And also you're getting to know other people that live locally as well. So, you know, you can come back and do that on your own if you choose, if you get to that that level and you're happy to, you know, to be out walking more as well. So, so yeah, there's there's lots of opportunities for people. And um, living streets also have a really good um, kit and uh, pack for if you're interested in proving um, more of the, the environment around the streets that you use and you walk in um, that I can perhaps pass you the link to and you can Absolutely. put on your uh, show notes. I will definitely do. I'll just add that to add that in the links with the podcast. But yeah, I was about to say as well, now you both mentioned actually, you know, during the pandemic, you said as well, obviously there's no health walks going Um now after it's been 16 you also mentioning now pre-pandemic we're doing these sort of refreshments as well what what sort of changes have you actually seen um both pre and then po- I, I don't want to say post-covid because i don't dare to say that just yet you know we're still we're still having to deal with it but you know since the start of the pandemic have you seen these sort of changes or have you adapted um in in a different way compared to compared to before um yeah, we've definitely adapted. I mean, for us, um, the the walks were cancelled uh, when the first lockdown was announced. Walks officially stopped for three months. Um, and then we got busy on guidelines here at Pastoral, working with Scottish Government about how we could get people, because we knew that walking was important. I mean, who thought we'd have the First Minister standing there telling everybody to go out for a walk? I mean, that's been quite good on our part um you know every cloud um but (laughs) but the nice thing is then what we started was buddy walking and remember back in you know early days it was how many households with how many numbers and we've constantly provided people like Steve and the volunteers in the communities with guidance on how walks can be delivered safely throughout all of this and if there's ever a change which the you know like you said there Penella there might be a change in the future again we will have those guidelines sorted out with Scottish Government and sent out to projects and projects like Steve's have been so good at implementing them and keeping people comfortable, keeping people safe. So we have adapted massively. We are constantly adapting to make sure that health walks are available. Also, if people go through that phase of having to shield or having to stay in, you go get pinged, you're indoors for 10 days, you 
you know then uh, we've got lots of different resources like strength and balance leaflets that you could be doing in your home during that period so that you don't get too deconditioned because we don't want people at risk of falls and things like that so we do, just want to keep people active the volunteers during the pandemic have been amazing. I mean, they've done lead walks on WhatsApp for people at home. We've had telephone trees of people calling each other, making sure they're OK. Um, just a massive variety. We've done Facebook strength and balance sessions. So there's lots of resources available um, for projects to, to sort of keep going. But I think what I would like to reassure people of is that health walks are kept safe because we've got the guidance from Scottish Government. We work on that here at Pass for All. We then send it out to projects and then that's implemented. So it's an outdoor activity. It is supported at the highest level. I think pretty much everybody's heard of Jason Leach by now, a guy that nobody knew <laughs> before the pandemic. Well, one of the last events he did in February, March, before the, before the pandemic was we invited him on a health walk and he came up to Inverness and he came out on a health walk and he thought it was brilliant and he loved it. And we have had his endorsement to say, please keep walking and keep going on health walks. And we've got a little video clip that I can send you. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, getting out there in the fresh air, or I could I could start talking <laughs> yeah. forever about the benefits of why bother with a health walk. But yeah, the the question was on adaptation. So yeah, they're safe. Please come and join us. Be outdoors. It's good for you. I mean, I feel like a lot of people as well have realised that that walking is is really a, a nice activity to take part in. You know, um, I think a lot of people before the pandemic might not have thought of it as, as an opportunity and as an activity. I've at least noticed my paths as well around me are a lot more busy, <laughs> like post-pandemic, you know, compared to, to before that. Um, but how about you, Steve, as well, in terms of the delivery of the walks? Have you been able to, to kind of tell the difference between both who is coming along as well, but, um, but also how you're actually um, managing the walks yeah, well, we like like Helen said right from the start, we you know we had to cancel everything, which was incredibly sad, but had to be done to keep people safe. And then the build up to getting back into the swing of things was was not jumping in at the deep end, you know, starting off at the shallow end, introducing sl uh, lower ratios. For example, we had you know a, a minimum require sorry a maximum requirement of uh, walkers, and and as shall we say, COVID started to get a little bit more relieved and a little bit safer to be out and about, then obviously we were allowed to let more and more and more people on the walks. So that's gradually, you know, gained momentum over the last, shall we say, eight to 12 months. In respect to the actual delivery side of things, the, the whole meet and greet and introduction changed ever so slightly because, uh, you know, what we normally do is, you know, it's very close quarters. Health walks can be quite intimate in respect to you get to know everybody and become good friends. And is that sometimes is that we cuddle or shake of the hands? So that had to stop. Social distancing had to be obviously two meters. Uh, the passing of signing in sheets had to all be done by the walk leader to stop that interaction and passing things around. And then also the actual route where we took people on, you really needed to think about congestion. 
and pass, passing other people on walks as well. So for example, if a walk goes from a bit of green space down, you know, down between two narrow buildings, you know, is there going to be a lot of oncoming traffic backwards and forwards, you know, things like that. So the brushing again against other members of the public and just being aware of spatial awareness, uh, the wearing of masks as well, uh, because it's an outdoor sport and we've got lots of fresh air and we were socially distanced. They weren't compulsory. However, a lot of people who were shielding, you know, I actually did say on many occasions, if you want to wear your mask, feel free, keep yourself safe. It's all about your own confidence. And I think the way Pass for All have, shall we say, distributed this information and the way we've taken it all on board, we've actually built Walt Leader's confidence up and we've actually built the walkers' confidence up bit by bit. And we're now at a stage where I'm actually seeing on a monthly basis about 450 walkers across the 16 health walks. Whereas if we were to rewind 10 months ago, it would have been 45 walkers. So you can see that people are actually looking out of the windows and going, ah, what's going over there? It looks nice and safe. The routes, the routes are risk assessed. There's a walk leader. Looks friendly. It looks inviting. They go for a cup of tea and a coffee afterwards. They're not all dressed in, <laughs> you know, they're not all dressed in hiking gear. You know, no. they're not all looking like they're not all looking like bear grills with big hiking boots on. It looks quite informal. It looks fun. How do I hear about it? And before you know it, your walk goes from six to eight to ten people, and it's absolutely fantastic. And with the winter approaching as well, you know, we don't need to stop because we get absolutely beautiful days in the winter. Uh, we don't need to. We don't need to. Uh, we don't need to stop uh, doing what we're doing. You know, there's no such thing as bad weather. Make sure you've got a, adequate clothing, as long as it's not frosty. <laughs> they always say that. They always say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no such thing. <laughs> then you get uh, soaked home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no as, such as, thing. <laughs> as long as as long as it's as long as it's not frosty under feet, then we we run a walk in any weather. Obviously, ice causes a problem, regardless of who you are. You'll slip on ice. So other than that, we run our walks all year round. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so so do you know what? I, it's it's so special to be part of this. And Rory's on this call as well. And Rory being Active Travel Hub Air, obviously it's about getting the inactive active, reducing our carbon footprint. And I don't know, we just feel as a local authority and also having Active Travel Hub in Air, we just feel as though we've got everything we need on our doorstep. We've got the coastline, we've got the hills, we've got the accessibility with loads of public transport. We've got Pass for All funding us on a yearly basis and supporting us with training. And we've got a team, a huge team of volunteers. So the only, the only, way, is, the only way is up, as you would say. Uh, and like Helen, I could, do you know what? This podcast could be three or four hours. <laughs> I could speak about the benefits of getting out for a yeah. walk. You know what I mean? We've, we've, all done, we've all done this in the past. We've been at home and we've gone, do you know what? It's a bit dreek outside. Let's just stick the kettle on and stick Netflix on. And then you think to yourself, do you know what? I'll get my jacket on and I'll get out and about. And how much better do you feel? mentally oh, oh, physically definitely. and socially for a 40 minute walk or a 20 minute walk the people you pass the dogs you pat the children's laughter in the street this is what is this is what it's all about get on a health walk you don't need to be fit you do not need to be healthy you don't need any specialized equipment 
You just need to have a willingness and an open-mindedness to step out of that door and do something which will be really good for yourself. I think you'd agree with that, Helen, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, no, I think you I think you mute right now, Helen, but yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. Oh, absolutely, Steve. Sorry, I was on mute there, the, the joys <laughs> of Zoom. But um, no, I mean, like you say, the minute you step outdoors, and I think that the lovely thing is when you've got something in the diary like a health walk at 11 o'clock on a Tuesday morning, be it, um, you, 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 you've said to somebody, I'll see you next week. And it'd be nice and it feels more motivating than going, I'll go later, I'll go later, I'll go tomorrow. Whereas if you're part of that group, you know they're going to be there and you know you're going to have a laugh when you get there, then I think that's very motivating. I think as soon as you get outdoors, you start getting closer to nature, your stress levels come down. So that feels lovely. We have a blether and then, you know, it keeps you coming back because of the nice atmosphere. You feel motivated when you come home. So, you know, those jobs that you might have been putting off that you just couldn't be bothered doing before, you might actually, you know, get around to do them. Um, but that night you might sleep a bit better because you've been out and had fresh air and had a walk. And for some people with long-term conditions, it can really help you manage your long-term condition. I suffer from a long-term condition that really benefits from my walking. I know I manage it better when I've walked, um, I don't know the science of why. It's a complicated thing. I don't really care. I just know I'm not feeling as bad as I was beforehand. Um, so it's a great way to start and to start building up those levels of activity um, because it is a welcoming environment. And there's lots of things that we can do to be physically active. We know that once, you know, once people get started with health walks, they might find a pal they might come into the active travel hub and then they might find out about something else you guys are doing and yeah. get out on a bike or you know there's it's it's a routine to, to lots of other things and I think taking that first step is sometimes the hardest but knowing you've got a welcoming group that's open to all and um you know we know that people's health goes up and down be that your mental health your physical health and the lovely thing about health walks is you can drop in and out as your health allows you to so you know you're not paying for a block of eight and you've only turned up to six and you think gosh that was more expensive or you know if you've got caring responsibilities or whatever it's it's a really relaxed way of getting into physical activity um that's moderate it's never going to be you're never going to really feel the burn with this, which, you know, my, my, my attitude to activity has always been throughout my life. Once I feel the burn, I generally tend to stop at that point. I'm a, I'm a moderate activity, you know, just kind of plod along and keep going. So Do you know what? It's so interesting as well, because you see a lot of the research that, you know, previously we thought we had to, to constantly, you know, have, I don't know, this vigorous activity and it's not necessarily that that makes the difference when it comes to also trying to improve your own health and um, trying to avoid some of these um, conditions that can sadly lead to premature death quite often actually this sort of moderate activity like walking cycling all these um, yeah moderate moderate activities they actually make a difference so I think that's one of the the most inspiring things about it as well is that you can actually make a difference not only to your mental health but to your physical and going forward to me it's nice to know that 
that it doesn't have to hurt <laughs> in order to do you good, you know? <laughs> that, it doesn't, and it's, mm. yeah, no, the really interesting thing was back in 2019, the chief medical officers um, got together and they revised the physical activity guidelines. So we know we should be doing like, they say 150 minutes a week. Now they were saying a while back, it should be in bouts of at least 10 minutes. That's gone. They're just saying anything you do counts. So whatever little you do, like Steve said before, if you can do 20 minutes of walking today, that counts. There's no small amount that doesn't count. So just start off small and build up or start off, you know, in, in your own home and, and start off counting your own steps and then, you know, build that up. There's, there's lots of ways we can we can build it up. You might start off by going down to the, to the end of your down to the end of your path or the end of your road you know it's it's all about just building up what you can manage absolutely just taking it in in your own pace as well I think that's what's really that's what we've noticed at least with with people coming along to our health walks as well is is you know both the community that that is created around it but you know that is something for for everybody to take part in and then you always just adjust it depending on who comes along and and it it's never like a limitation you know um you, you, it's always just going to be fitted so so it suits you and i think that's what's what's really fascinating as well um but i'm also just thinking you know and now we spoke about this earlier as well that you can you can actually kind of point out um some of the sort of issues as well if there's part, like bits of your path as well you'd like to see improved um in your area is is there anything else that you guys are trying to do and in, in order to see um you know better sort of walking um possibilities for, for people around uh, scotland in in various places i mean i know both um in asia and um like in east asia uh, we we're various sort of organizations trying to do various health walks um and i'm just kind of curious what, what you guys are, are trying to do now at pass for to to kind of improve that um well one of the things sorry one of the things we did with um dementia friendly presswick um was to look at their promenade and how they wanted to make that more dementia friendly um so we supported them through looking at, at how you improve an environment and we work with a local artist there and if you've walked along the front you'll see some really colorful benches which help them stand out for people with dementia so that um, they're aware of them and, and they might think, right, I'm, I'm getting tired, I need to sit down and then use them. But the fantastic thing that we've done around dementia-friendly environments, uh, we've done it in different parks and woodlands across Scotland, is that everybody loves the improvements we make. You know, who doesn't want a colourful bench on a promenade? I mean, it's they just look, they fabulous. Look great. They look great. A long press with prom, yeah. <laughs> I love they that. do, don't they? <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, so there's things like that and just making sure that, that we define those drops or, you know, just making things very visual and, and making you aware and signage, making signage really accessible. We're keen to make that accessible for everybody. So, you know, when, when you need to find a loo, you need to find a loo. You're not faffing around with how it, you don't want to be confused by signage. Um, so, yeah, so there's things like that that we're doing. 
we're also trying to make those links, Steve mentioned this earlier on, um, between health walks and active travel. So, you know, making sure that everybody is, can access a health walk. Um, and that's something that we'll be bringing onto hopefully our Find a Health Walk um, map, which maybe I can uh, touch on in a minute if that's okay. Mm -hmm. I was about um, to say, I'm yeah. also going to link towards it in the, in the description for the podcast because it is going to be really helpful for people to actually find the health walks in the area. Yes, yes, because Steve mentioned, it, I mean, 16 walks and he mentioned a lot of places earlier. So basically, if you type health walks Scotland into Google, um, it will come up with Pass for All's website. So you can click on that and that will take you through to the Find the Health Walk map. On there, you tap in your postcode of where you live and it will zoom in to your local health walks in that area. So just keep clicking away till you find a day and a location that suits you. And then you're welcome to turn up. Also, there'll be information like probably Steve's phone number on there. So you might want to just call Steve and let him know that, you know, that's the first time you'll be coming along. Um, you might want to just check. It is by the post office where it says it is, things like that. So there has been quite a lot of changes over COVID. So it, it's we're, we are advising people at the moment to just phone the project if it's your first time going along. Um, but yeah, so it's it's easy to just pop in your postcode. So, yeah, if it's in your show notes, that that will be even better. I was about to say it works very nicely I have to say I quite like that um tool it, it's really helpful and makes it easy and yeah I know we've also changed our system around so we're now using Eventbrite for for anything to to manage num numbers as well and know who's coming along as well so we've also changed our system so so that is one of the ways we have to we ask people to book on um in advance so definitely check um, before you just come along on any of the walks. But I know in East Asia as well, now we've spoken a lot about the South Asia um, vibrant communities are doing a lot of different walks around um, East Asia as well. Um, and again, there's various other communities and groups that are offering walks. So, so just go on to the, go on to the, like find a health walk tool and then you're going to be able to, to find it as well. So yeah, if, but... I may, uh, if I may add something as well, which is quite interesting for any of uh, our listeners at the moment, uh, you know, people may think that health walks are just for older people, uh, and that is a load of rubbish. Just because it says health walk, it doesn't mean that you need to be unhealthy to come along. These walks are for everybody, regardless. We have such a diverse, you know, selection of walks across Scotland. Uh, it's unreal. We have. We have, you know, buggy walks. We have young people walks. We have walks on the coast, walks, you know, in villages. It doesn't matter your age or ability. Everybody is welcome on a walk. It's as simple as that. And every single walk, which is on that Pass for Our website, is completely free of charge. And a really unique learning tool about health walk is a lot of people that I've seen, especially in South Asia, have come on a walk for the first time. They've taken part in the walk. They've built confidence. Uh, they've got a wee bit of a spring in the step. They've made friends. And then they've actually approached the walk leader and says, is it possible for me to do a bit of walk leader training? Yeah, of course it is. And then they'll put, in, put, them, in, put them in touch with somebody like myself or pass for all. And then all of a sudden, that person who was shy, inactive, didn't really want to leave the house. Three months later, they're doing a walk leader training course. So the impact we're actually having 
on everybody who takes part, regardless of whether they're volunteer, uh, coordinator, you know, part of the marketing team or actually a walker is huge. Uh, so, yeah, again, I can't speak highly enough about what we're actually achieving. Yeah, there's there's definitely no doubt that there's um, it's incredible what what it can do and actually being able to take part in these sort of um, events and walks that that can actually go and and change. I don't want to say that it changed your life, but it can definitely make a difference, you know, um, and actually feeling part of the community again and particularly during COVID a lot of people may have actually felt more isolated. Um, so I think that's one of the best things as well, that we can we can get people out again and actually joining joining the, the community again. Um, and that to me yeah. is at least a positive. It's a really, yeah, I think that's really lovely as well, because I think the other thing is, like Steve said, um, anybody can train as a volunteer. And we do find that a lot of our walk leaders come from people that have joined and become walkers and enjoy it so much and they've got so much from it that they want to give something back and they talk to the walk leaders about the training and it's a I mean it's a couple of hours on um online at the moment it's normally a day in your community to do the training um and it's not rocket science it's taking people for a walk you know so it's all pretty much common sense stuff <laughs> um, but it's just getting to think about it from a point of view of looking after a group of people really um so yes we welcome that and the other thing um that's happened with covid is we have a lot of groups that haven't been able to get back to their usual activity so um I'm the town that I live in there's an older people lunch club that hasn't been able to restart so that group approached us about um becoming trained as walk leaders the people that normally do the cooking and so they're leading a walk now until the um, local authority opens up the kitchens and opens up the community centre so if you're part of a group and you're not able to meet up and you think that walking might be an a good option for your group then we pass for all would be happy to train you up or if you're in the airshires steve's a great trainer that that um we've got as well so you know we're happy to train up groups and um you can be delivering your own health walks we do have we encourage all walks to be open, but some groups do choose to be closed groups, um, such as those that are looking after people with particular mental health um, issues, or there might be, say, a recovery group that choose to, to, to sort of just stick with within their own group. But what we encourage is those people that join that group then may move on to joining a, an open community group as well. So, so yeah, so we've seen new audiences. We know there's people that are having counseling. We know there are people that are having breastfeeding um, advice. There's lots of different organizations um, that have said, right, if we can't sit in a room together, let's get out, get on a walk. And um, this is a way to do it. So when you look at our Find a Health Walk map, there are 880 walks happening across Scotland. That's um, very impressive. There's quite a lot, yeah. That's 300 different organisations like Active Travel Hubs and local authorities that are delivering these. There's bound to be one near you. Um, and if there's not, then come and talk to us about setting one up. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely get it sorted. Well, I mean, there's clearly no doubt from this chat at all that... Um, that there's only 
very much only benefits actually taking part in these sorts of walks as well I'm better just round it up now um before because otherwise we can clearly just keep going about this um but is there anything else that you guys would like to add just here at the end uh, no, I think maybe um, if if your listeners have enjoyed this, then um, if we have the facilities to do it one day, we could invite you uh, the the Walk It Cycle um, podcast out on a walk, and you could talk to some of the walkers or the walk leaders about about their experiences, and um, that might be quite nice to do one day um, if that's possible. But no, I, just to say a massive thank you for. For inviting Steve and I along to your podcast I've really enjoyed chatting to you today um, and I hope somebody feels inspired to go out for a walk and join one of our health walks I hope so too it's been a pleasure to have you both on board absolutely yeah thank you very much guys just from me yeah echo what Helen said it's been a fantastic <laughs> experience so thanks so much for your time guys The Air and Kilmarnock Active Travel Hubs are South and East Ayrshire Council-led projects delivered in partnership with Sustrans and supported by the Smarter Choices, Smarter Places programme from Paths for All.